Welcome to Shrink for the Shy Guy. This is the show for you if you are sick and tired of being held back by fear, self-doubt, social anxiety, shyness, anything that's stopping you from you being you. I'm going to share the most powerful tools and resources that I've been discovering over the last 15 years on my journey to eradicate social anxiety and instill confidence, first in myself and then in every single person that I meet on my journey. You're going to learn these tools and how to apply them in your life now so that you can become the most free, powerful, bold, authentic version of you. Welcome to today's episode of the show. Today, we're going to be talking about something that I know you have experienced because it's something that every human has experienced and it might be something that is happening frequently for you and it is directly related to confidence, self-esteem, trust in yourself, and as a result, being able to do the things that you want to do in every area of life. And that topic, that thing is performance anxiety. So it's a particular kind of fear and anxiety. That's what we're going to be diving into in today's episode, what it is, helping you explore the areas in your life where it shows up and how it's impacting you, and then ways to let go of that fear and that anxiety. And as a result, have greater trust in yourself, greater confidence, and and ultimately greater enjoyment in whatever the thing you're doing. Because when you're in performance anxiety mode, it doesn't, performance aside, it's not fun. It's a, a grind, it's a terrifying experience, and that is not what you want for whatever it is you're engaging with in, in your life. So I'm excited to get into this topic with you, even more excited to do this with my good friend and colleague, Master Coach Jonathan Hernandez. My name is Jonathan Hernandez, and I too suffer from performance anxiety. Good. We're all, I'm, I'm anxious right now. This performance <laughs> hey, you're doing this, great. This, you're doing great. Thank you. This is awesome. <sighs> you know, but actually, I joke about that, but um, I remember my uh, earliest recordings of podcasts and videos, I was very anxious yeah. about them. And uh, then that over time uh, dissolved, it became less, but then I would get really anxious before live events. Mm-hmm. And I had a period of like many, um, over years, I would do an event every like three months. And I would, you know, so every three months, I would feel this big spike of anxiety before the events. Mm-hmm. And uh, was like, I don't, I don't, I, I, I want to approach these in a different way. I don't like this experience because it can suck the enjoyment. So we'll talk more about the, the places that I've noticed it as well. I've noticed as I got, as I got, as I'm getting older, my level of performance anxiety is rising. Mm. So like when I was a kid, I'd perform on stage and be like, oh, this is fun. I want to do this. Mm. And then in uh, like college, there was, I was a lead in in a role, very powerful role, but there was like anxiety of like, oh gosh, I don't want to mess this up. And then, um, so that was like 10 years later. And then another 10 years later, it's like, oh, uh, I'm doing a live event presenting. It's like, oh man, this is way more anxious. Higher stakes. Yeah. Doing stand up. It's like, oh, I'm really anxious. So yeah, it's, um, but I mean, I guess it's also the amount of work that I'm doing. Cause when I was a kid, I did a play for like, you're just a sheriff. So it's, I guess the, the stakes are lower. Uh, but now I, for whatever reason, I feel like my stakes are higher and that causes me more anxiety. Yeah. So as you're listening, I encourage you to think about where do you feel performance anxiety? Because it, you know, it might not be an official performance like a play, uh, uh, 
sporting event or game, you might not be, maybe it's at a high level thing, like you're in a professional sport or um, it's a professional production, but, but we can have performance anxiety around any level of quote. It's anything that you perceive as a performance. So your a presentation at work can be a performance. Yeah. Your conversation with a boss can be a performance. Your conversation with your own uh, colleagues or team members or employees can be a performance. Getting certified, recertified, yeah, you know, doing right. exams. You know, we have a member in the mastermind who has uh, had to study for tests. You mm-hmm. know, uh, that could that's a performance that's a big anxiety. One. You know, test anxiety is a yeah. form of performance anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, even a conversation. Yeah, you can have performance anxiety about yeah. a conversation um, when we're socially anxious. That you know, every conversation feels like a performance. I'm being evaluated by this person on how I'm doing. I didn't do that right. You know, and we evaluate. We imagine others are evaluating us, and then we heavily evaluate ourselves. That's mm-hmm. one of the symptoms or signs that it's performance anxiety. There's a lot of um, beforehand. There's a lot of grinding in your mind. There's a lot of worry. There's a lot of, it's got to go well. I got to do it right. Am I prepared enough? I got to prepare more. (laughs) And then then, uh, during, you might be really stressed out or you might just be like more in the moment. It depends. And then afterwards, then it's like there there could be a brief reprieve or pause in the performance. And then as soon as you're done, you know, how do oh, that wasn't good enough. Should I should have done better. Oh, that was pretty good. At least, okay. Uh, but this part was really bad. All oh, those people judge me for that. Ugh. Yeah, that's, that is what would happen for me. So going into this show or into a production or even doing the presentations that uh, I've been doing for, well, this will be my third one coming up, but um, the going into it feels fine. It's after the fact where it's like, oh, I said this or I didn't do this right or mm. I messed that up. Mm. Or while you're in the performance or, uh, yeah, it, while you're in the performance, something goes astray, goes wrong, and then you focus on that thing. Ah. And then you spiral and yeah. then you're like stuck in quicksand because it's like, oh, I'm failing. That's I can't I can't get my performance back up, my peak back up. Right. Oh, man. That's really interesting to hear because I would say my performance anxiety I think I had a lot of post evaluation around like social performance um, when I was younger. Now I'd say the biggest place that I would experience the performing anxiety is around um, the teaching and hosting of live events. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it's almost all like 98% stacked in anticipatory and mm. anticipation anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's leading up to it. It's like, oh, something bad's going to happen, some, some bad danger, danger bad. And yeah, I try to probe yeah. into what the danger is and because I have the sense of like, but I'm really good at doing that and I can handle whatever happens and I have a track record of that. But it, there's some uh, – and, and even like that's way before the event, but then even sometimes during the event, like it's like Friday morning or something and then it's like somehow later today or tomorrow – I'm anxious mm-hmm. about that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, and then eventually there'll be this tipping point where now it's getting towards the end of the event, and then I'm like, oh, it's almost over, yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh no, you know, and, and there was nothing to be afraid of after all, right, right. And then afterwards, though, like the the post um, evaluation, there would be very little. But as I'm saying that, I I realize actually that that's not true because maybe that's true for the events. But I had a phase where I had a lot of performance anxiety around hosting and leading calls for the mastermind group because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we have you know depending on the group but ranging from usually around three calls a month and i would be i would have a lot of anxiety beforehand 
And then in it, I would just be in the moment, like totally focused, really doing my, my purpose and mission and just feeling awesome. And then afterwards, it would click back on and there'd be like tons of evaluation. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should have done that better. And uh, that person was upset and this and that. Um, but it's actually really fun to, to be talking about that because I realize how much of that is gone now, which is extremely relieving. Yeah. Um, talking to you about it right now, I feel the same way. It's like... Uh, an evolution of how I've been able to master anxiety. And you can do this too. <laughs> so we should talk about some steps on, yeah. you know, what what's happening in that moment of performance anxiety um, and how can we be on our own side when we're either in it or we're on the other side of just yeah. completing that. Because, I mean, for men, uh, I mean, maybe women too, uh, but, you know, that in the bedroom sex there's a performance anxiety there yeah like i have to uh provide this this uh it's essential outcome yeah uh, and so uh no pun there if you got <laughs> if you caught that but uh yeah so what what happens you know as we're talking is is coming up for you when it when we think about performance anxiety on on the spectrum of different different levels of performance and the one thing you and I think a great example to use to dissect would be sex mm-hmm. because sex is always interesting. But I, and I was also just talking with a client about this maybe a week and a half ago, and he was experiencing a lot of uh, sexual perf- performance anxiety around sex. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is he's nervous about it. He might delay or avoid making a move with his girlfriend mm. because it's like he wants to connect in that way and another part of him is like Ugh. and then like so he's kind of in this little state of back and forth intertension and then instead of instead of like moving towards that earlier in their date they're waiting until like two in the morning and they've got to go to work the next day and they're both tired and then it's like okay well now I'm gonna do it and it's almost like well I have to do it now yeah yeah I should have sex now and just the whole thing is like Ugh, this just sounds so unpleasant and that's how performance performance anxiety just sucks the joy yeah out of everything. So I was like, let's let's break this down. You know, what? So here's the the first thing I would do. Well, first is just realize there's nothing wrong with you. Everyone has performance anxiety. Yeah, everyone. E- even the people that look totally, you know, badass and confident. And I'd imagine that a lot of people that come to live events like, you know, when even if I'm anxious at the beginning of the first day, that's not apparent on the outside. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, he looks totally confident and in charge and and in a way we are like you can both be confident and be doing a good job and anxious inside. Right. So don't um, don't mistake someone's outside for what's really happening on the inside because you know what's happening for the inside of you. And you're like, but I'm anxious inside. They're not. No, just let that go. Everyone has performance anxiety. And maybe in one area, someone's relaxed and confident, but then they would have performance anxiety in another area. Mm-hmm. So just to really normalize this and, and uh, highlight there's nothing wrong with you. It's also human. Like the fact that you shared that, it makes me feel like, how can I be of support during this moment? You know, mm. uh, how can I reach out more t- to to give you what you need to feel safe that either the event or our calls are going to be going, are going to be effective. And it could be just levels of encouragement. Like, mm. I love your presence, your amount of focus. Um, it could be, and if you don't have anybody to give you that, you could be giving that to yourself. Like, hey, there are these qualities about mm. me that I just love to to work on and to to master. And uh, and yeah, it's 
it's um I think we write a lot of, about it because it's like this is my only shot like yeah. this is my only chance to do this yeah and um and that's something that we want to break free of like I think when I when I was in college it's like this is my only lead opportunity I can't mess this up yeah but then I had like four others afterwards and so, so that's a big part of it and you mentioned it's human and how can I help you know you feel safe mm-hmm that's the key word, right? Is safety. Because there's some way that we're holding the situation where it's now a threat. Mm-hmm. That's what leads to anxiety, which is just another word for fear, right? So it's threat. And what's the threat? And so that's what I asked this client about sex. I was like, what's the threat? And the threat is he's going to be in a sexual situation with her and he's not going to, he's, one is he's going to not be able to get an erection or lose his erection. Mm. Or they're going to be having sex and he's not going to be able to orgasm Mm. so he's going to have delayed orgasm is sort of or non doesn't happen Mm. and these are the these are the threats these are like the boogeyman in the closet that's gonna and you know whatever the case might be in the performance like i gotta get this performance or i gotta do this performance really well because or else yeah and that's what you want to study is like what exact like what are we really afraid of what's the particular outcome that's the biggest threat right now because the uh, and this you know the, to, to bring you know performance anxiety originally uh, started as a as a sports term I imagine maybe in in theater or arts but uh, I always associated it to sports mm-hmm. and you'll see that right like someone is just crushing it in practice because they're just doing what they're gifted at what they're good at what yeah. they've developed in themselves and then in the game it becomes. I have to do – now it's not just I want to make this shot. I'm good at this. It's like I have to make this yeah, shot yeah. or else. Right, dot, right. Dot, dot, dot. And then we're in a state of fear and constriction and our performance usually goes down. Mm-hmm. We bring about the thing we just don't want. So we want to look at what is the specific threat in your performance anxiety situation. So maybe you know, Jonathan's encouraged you to pull one to mind. Really pull one to mind now if you haven't done this already. And it could be something that's current for you or something that, that reoccurs every couple of months. You got to do this meeting or this thing or maybe dates you tend to feel performance anxiety on them. So pick something, even if it's not going to happen tomorrow, but that you know generally causes performance anxiety for you. So you can really work with this on a, on a practical present level and not just theorizing in our heads. So in that scenario, what is the, the threat? And so, for example, when it came to I asked these questions of myself when it came to, say, the group calls, mm-hmm. the mastermind calls. And the the threat was that, and the fear was, I'm going to, I need to help everyone uh, all, all at the same time by giving everyone all the attention that they might want mm. 100%. So if everyone wants an hour of focus on them, you know, then that's what they should get. You know, that's physically impossible, right? Given right. That it's a group program. It's only um, two hours. To that's call. right. <laughs> okay, we're going to be here for the next 19 hours. Let's go. Uh, it's a marathon. Get your water bottle. But um, and, and it's like, okay, well, what's the threat of that? Let's yeah. say not everyone. So that's how you explore what the threat is. You say, let's say that that doesn't happen. And same thing with this uh, client when it came to the sexual situation. Okay, let's say you don't get an erection or you're in that situation and you do lose your erection what then what's the yeah. threat what happens then? and the what's threat the or else or else right mm-hmm. and the threat uh for him is 
well, here's the interesting part. The threat for him is he said, well, you know what? She's like really level-headed and compassionate and says, I, I, I don't think she would be like, you're a loser, you know, because that might be one of the fears, right? It's sure. like, the woman would be like, oh, you, you're not a man, yeah. you know? You can't or satisfy like, me. Right, you can't satisfy me. Or like, oh, uh, I'm hurt because you are not attractive enough to me. That's what it means, yeah, yeah. you know? And now he's feeling like, I don't want to hurt her feelings. I don't want her to get upset with me. And he said, you know, she's really, you know, level-headed and compassion doesn't take it. Seem, I don't think she would take it personally. So I was like, oh, so what is the... What is the real threat? He's like, the real threat is how I'd feel about myself. Mm. So he has this sense of, I'm not a man. I'm a, I'm, so it's shame and failure and badness and embarrassment and all these feelings that he's afraid to feel. Mm -hmm. And that was his or else. Yeah. In the case of me with the, the group, I noticed that my or else was, so I, let's say I don't get to everybody, then people are uh, like, disliking me like I don't like this guy mm. I'm, I'm angry he owed me something and he didn't give it to me and right. he let me down yeah. and now I'm angry about it yeah. and I'm going to hold on to this anger till my grave yeah, you know? yeah. and that and that and there was a part of me I was like I got to prevent that I'm scared of that mm -hmm. so it's I, the approval seeking I know for me yeah the, the approval seeking for me is like I have to nail this part or else I won't get hired again I won't uh, find other performance jobs. I mm. won't, uh, and then it goes even deeper. It's like, well, I won't have, uh, won't be able to like live up to my expectation of what it means for me to be an artist. Kind of like what you, that client says about being a man, you mm -hmm. know. And and um, and and this is, you know, not just. I'm sure women have the same thing. Like, uh, I don't. Otherwise, I'm not a woman, or I'm sure. not. I'm not uh, nurturing enough. I'm not sexy enough to yeah. do this. So it's. Um, and as I'm thinking of somebody who's maybe listening and has quarterly presentations, it's like I'm having. I have to do this, or else my boss will notice that I'm lacking in this, or yeah. they won't give me that promotion. That so there's a deep need of like, usually like survival. Like, it I, is. I need. It's the, safety. Yeah. It's safety yeah. and survival because every. You could follow the or else down further, right? Right. It's like, um, I you know these people get upset with me. What's the word? What's the or else? And there's a there's a great technique called the downward arrow uh, from cognitive behavioral therapy, where you ask like, so you follow this the or else, and each time you say, what's the worst thing about that, or what's the worst thing that could come about from mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. You know, so okay, people would be secretly hating me. What's the worst that could come from that? Well, they would um, not. They would. They would want to quit, or they would finish their time in the group and not want to come back. And and then, so what's the worst about that? Well, eventually, the whole group program would wither and die. What's the worst about that? Well, then, you know, my livelihood. Would, I wouldn't be able to do that for my work. What's the worst thing? You kind of follow it down. Yeah. And what was really interesting when I did this with clients is it always ends in some version of like total um, isolation. Mm -hmm. It's there's some like surprisingly social aspect to it. It's like the safety is not just like, and then I wouldn't have food to eat. Like maybe, but but the real like thing we're most pained about and afraid of with the anxiety is this like, and then I'll be like unworthy mm -hmm. of love and connection. And, and as a result, like face something that's probably in some ways worse to humans than just physical death yeah. is this like, 
isolation. Outcasts. Outcasts. Out of the tribe kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. You know, because like to survive as that in some way, because you imagine like someone dying surrounded by people they love adoring them, like there's a tragedy in that, but it's also like, shit, that's how we'd all want to go out, yeah. right? Like, oh, well, that's nice. My, my legacy will live on right. through these you know, We respect you and love yeah. you versus yeah. like, you're not dead, but you're just alone and you're like, hey, would you like to talk to me? Get away from me, you What's wretch? this skull doing in the middle of the road? <laughs> yeah. 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 <sighs> Death and ruin. Death and ruin. That's what's at the bottom. So, you know, and, oh, real quick, n- nobody goes the opposite way, though. Like, like we we focus on if I don't get this, then this happens and this happens. Like we follow that arrow down to isolation. Mm-hmm. But I, as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, that's where I, that's where my mind goes. I've rarely practiced. What if it goes well? What's the upward What's arrow the technique? Upward you should, arrow. You just invented a new technique, Master Coach Jonathan. The upward arrow technique. And it's like, what? Like what's the best positive intentions. Happen? Like, what's yeah? What's the best outcome that can happen, even if messing up? Like, what's the best that can happen? And I don't, I don't know this. I just thought of this right now. So, yeah. um, but I'm thinking like, even if I messed up in the performance or I didn't get called back, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm. I'm not an artist uh, because I just create more things. Like I'm meant to be a creator in this world. So I guess I just keep creating. Well, it's also, I love that, right? That's coming back to, this is just, because I was going to go a different way there. And that last thing you said really (laughs) struck me. No, it's really good. Because I was going to say at first you said I got, I, but I got four other calls. Yeah. Right. So that's one thing is like, well, if I lose this one, uh, good because, there's another one that's going to be a better fit. Um, but then I, I love that even more because that's still outcome based. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but there's something about what you're saying. That's more like internal and purpose based. Yeah. Like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm here to do. And I found that actually has been uh, what's led to uh, we'll see before the next live event, but it's a greater and greater reductions of performance anxiety and like virtually none around group calls now, which is right feels so good. I used to be like... You passed it on to me. Yeah, now I, just, I have the anxiety. I just, you take, <laughs> shot it into your chest. Um, no, I remember before group calls, I would be kind of tense before the call. And so I, I, I would take a little break to be with my family before the call because they're in the evenings. And I'd be like, not fun, dad. Like, oh. I can't play right now. Why? I have to stand here like <laughs> tense in the kitchen, you know? And now I'm just like enjoying the moment, being, loving being with my kids. Like, oh, it's nice to see him because I miss bedtime during the group call. And then all right, I'm out to the group. And and uh, what's allowed me to do that, I'd say, is really um, surrendering to just not needing to control the outcome. Like, I'm here's the biggest thing. I'm safe no matter what. Mm. It's like a, a belief that I've been internalizing intentionally over the last period of time. Like, because there'd be a lot of like, I need this outcome or else. I need that outcome. And then I need, okay, how do I get better at making that outcome ha- happen? And there'd be the sense of like, but I'm not safe if that doesn't happen. And what I wanted to train myself, my nervous system, my body to to really relax into is like, I'm safe no matter what. And you might say, well, how how is that possible? How can you be safe if people don't like you? How can you be safe if you you know don't get that callback or you lose your job? How could you be safe? And it's like, well, that's the uh, really spiritual journey for each of us to take, to find that for yourself. Like, yeah. how do you, and maybe it's your spiritual beliefs. Maybe it's, for me, there's like this requirement of deeper and deeper uh, trust in myself and in life that I'm held. 
And when, and when we look for that, we look for that upward arrow, we start to see it again and again and again. Yeah. So you're like, oh, that didn't work out, but look what happened next. Oh, interesting. I can see how I was actually guided. And so my goal now is when an outcome occurs that I do not want, that I think is counter to the where I'm going, like you're, I don't know if it was in this episode we were just talking about, there was a, um, we were building out this uh, marketing campaign and there was this key page that was built and it was, uh, I got a message from uh, the tech guy who was building it, helped me build it. And he said like, did you delete that page? Cause it's gone now. And I'm like, no, I did For didn't. the last time, Aziz, I did not do Jonathan, that. Jonathan, why? Why did you delete it? We, you know, so I go and I log in there and it's totally gone. And I'm like, ugh. And I notice this sort of like, ugh, in me, right? Yeah. And, and it's like a tension and something bad. And, and then um, my goal is immediate surrender. Like, okay, there is, I just trust. Like, this is, this is exactly how it's supposed to go. And it's okay. And I don't even know, need to know why. This is the right path, but obviously this is the right path because that just happened. Yeah. And usually that just means that it's going to be better mm. uh, because, you know, sometimes- Upward arrow, baby. That's right. Because sometimes, <laughs> you know, you'll finish a thesis paper and then it'll get deleted it by some shit. reason and, and you're <laughs> like, oh man, I have to rewrite this. But then it came out even better. Yeah. So who knows? Um, but the, yeah, what you were saying about the, that feeling of I am safe, it makes me think also too- uh, that you know that specific client with the uh the sexual stuff is like i am worthy too yeah it's like the i am safe makes me think of i am worthy because in that moment whether you're having um Mm. some sort of performance anxiety during sex it's like hey it's okay like this is just one session like it doesn't it doesn't change how much I feel towards this person or, or how much I feel towards this moment. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm worthy of, I'm worthy of this, this, of having this feeling and I'm worthy of like giving my love or, mm. um, and in performance for me, it's like, uh, I'm worthy of creating. I'm, I'm a worthy person of an adversary for the arts. Like mm. I'm worthy. I've taken on that crusade and, whether it's liked by millions or just liked by you, Aziz, I'm worthy of it. So that's you know, that. That's what made me think about that. I, I love that. Uh, whether this or that, I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. That's such a powerful, liberating exercise, and and it's really helpful to to say those things. Like for this, the client with the sexual performance, it's like just think about the insanity of like, I am a worthy human if I can, if my penis can be hard. Mm-hmm. And if not, I am like a, a, a unlovable, embarrassing, bad person. And and everything that I've done in my life and do and all I stand for and all the love I give and this relationship, it's just like, and it's so absurd when you really think about that. Right, because it all relies on like this one sexual experience. Yeah. How much, I've, I've had sex at least four times, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's only 25% of my work. That's right. It's fine. <laughs> you have another session. Sometimes they last 45 minutes. Sometimes it lasts two seconds. Who knows? <laughs> and, and that's the... Uh, that's the key uh, practice, I would say. In fact, let's actually turn that into an action step. Go have sex. <laughs> <laughs> Time for action. 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 Your action step for today may involve sex, 
may not. Who may knows? not. Who it, knows? It depends on what your your opportunities are tonight. But um, I would say to it's to it's to practice this. It's to take the thing that you're anxious about, you know, whether it's and think about the outcome that's supposed to happen, and and basically say out loud to yourself like I'm worthy if this happens, and I'm worthy if this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I'm worthy no matter what. And so, for example, like I'm worthy if I'm, you know, whatever, totally ready to go for sex and everything goes exactly according to plan, or I'm I'm worthy if it doesn't. And and, and it's different than that. And we just spend some intimate time. That's what I really uh, expanded his uh, world into was like, you know, you got this like checklist for sex. It's like, first we do this, then we have penetration, then we both orgasm, and then I'm, a ch- I'm worthy. I love the voice that you did for that. That's the scientific yeah. approach. Scientific approach to sex. And and I'm like, but... You just dissed all scientists who listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a... What a what a limitation of the vastness that he is and she is, they are as humans. Yeah. And the expression of love and connection and sexuality. And just like think about like the fucking infinite of the universe being expressed through this human as like, but it's so limited and rigid versus like, we're just going to be together. Let's be together for 30, 40, 50 minutes, whatever, in bed, naked, feeling each other's skin, connecting. Like what if we focus more on how we're feeling mm-hmm. and less on more what our bodies are doing? And getting to something, you know? And so um, that's what you want to think about whatever the thing that you're doing is, the the, the performance in, in art, your presentation at work. Like how much can you get into that experience and say, I'm worthy whether this person likes what I did or this person doesn't like what I did. And when you say that out loud, and I really encourage you to say that out loud, notice if you, maybe when you say the, the positive outcome that you want, you know, I'm worthy when they love my presentation, that that feels, yeah, it feels right. And then you say, I'm worthy even if people don't like my presentation, even my boss does, isn't impressed. Notice if you feel like a contraction inside yeah. and you don't feel worthy and you feel fear and tension, that is just your litmus test of how, uh, how much more there is to heal. Mm-hmm. And, and when you can say that statement, like I'm worthy even if blank or even when blank, um, and you feel good, you feel open in your heart, you feel free, then um, then you'll be then that performance anxiety will be gone. Yeah, and be on your own side because some days you're going to be like, I got this, this feels great. And yeah. then other days you're like, no, I really need this. Yeah. I really want this. And that's okay too. Yeah, so that's where um, you want to just meet it all with love, right? Like right. I love myself even if I feel on, you know, like I need this, mm-hmm. I love myself. And here's an even powerful language shift, which I, which I love. I got from Gay Hendricks. I love myself for, not mm. I love myself even if, because it's almost like even though, even if I am piece of shit, I'll still love myself. Right. But actually, like I love myself for being a for, piece of shit. For being a piece <laughs> of shit. I love myself for feeling anxious. Yeah. Yeah, and that one, man. And then uh, if if that one's too big of a leap, you could always say, "I love myself for feeling frustrated at myself for feeling anxious." Yeah, that's some. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Don't worry about that too much. But there's right three now. key words: I I am safe, I am worthy, and I am loved. Yeah, I think those are all three really powerful. Absolutely. So take this. There's so many gems in here. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for for showing up, for sharing. 
And I love how uh, authentic you are, how open, how willing and vulnerable you are to, to share the truth of your experience. Hey, thanks. It's, uh, You're awesome. Beautiful to be around, as hey. are you, and as are you. So until we speak again, may you have the courage to be who you are and to know on a deep level. You're awesome. <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs> you beat me to it. Thanks for listening to Shrink for the Shy Guy with Dr. Aziz. If you know anyone who can benefit from what you've just heard, please let them know and send them a link to shrinkfortheshyguy.com. For free blogs, ebooks, and training videos related to overcoming shyness and increasing confidence, go to socialconfidencecenter.com.